0: The title of the message this morning is, Do You Know the Way? It should be in your bulletin. And today we will learn about God's concern regarding our spiritual direction in life. We ought to be sensitive to the kingdom of God and not to the kingdom of this world. So this morning's primary Bible passage is taken from the Gospel of John, chapter 14, verses 1 through 7. So if you could read along with me. We do not know the way, where you're going. How can we know the way? Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you had known me, you would have known my Father also. From now on, you do know him and have seen him. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, Lord, I beg you to do a work this morning in the speaker's heart, in his mind, his expression, his tone, Lord. And Lord, I pray that you would work in the hearts and minds of the hearers. Remove any distractions, Lord. Uh, prepare their hearts, Lord. Let them learn more of you, Lord. Lord, we pray that the work that you would do this morning in this house would be to glorify you and to add to the kingdom of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. So this message today is a modified version of a message I gave along with other men on a Friday evening back in June 2022. So over the years our lives we may have read, listened, and watched, culture, culture portray various approaches to the possible directions we may take in life, whether in literature, in music, or in film. And I want to use some examples of those for illustration. So in 1865, Lewis Carroll wrote Alice in Wonderland. And there is a quote customarily attributed to the dialogue between the Cheshire cat and a girl named Alice. The story does not state, that the, does not state the quote verbatim, but it does encapsulate the cat's overall response to Alice's question. When she asks, I wonder which, where I ought to go. The cat's response is, that depends where you want to get to. The quote attributed to this dialogue with the girl and the cat is, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. 60 years later in 1925 in England, a short simple song, Show Me the Way to Go Home, was penned. A person who was tired from traveling and having a few drinks needs needs help to get home. The song, Show Me the Way to Go Home, 50 years later, was reintroduced in the movie Jaws by three men drinking and bragging about their war stories associated to the body scars that they had. Then there's an American idiom used mostly by New Englanders, more commonly by Maine folk. You can't get there from here. A response when asking for directions to a destination which requires a circular, winding, mind-boggling route to arrive at a given destination. In the 1960s, Paul Anker wrote English English lyrics to a French song, My Way, which Frank Sinatra later popularized the song. The English lyrics have very little to do with the original song, but it's considered by many as America's anthem to self-determination. In the 1990s, a group named Fastball had a song, The Way which was loosely based on the tale of a real life elderly couple who were both dealing with serious mental issues. They left their family, the cares of the world, and set out on the road. The singer in the song questions the overall wisdom of them making such a move without ever knowing the way the couple set out on. And lastly, in 2010, there was a movie, The Way, an adaptation of Jack Hitt's book, Off the Road, A Modern Day Walk, down the pilgrim's route in Spain. Man Sheehan plays the role of a father who loses his son who was on the pilgrimage in Spain. The father finds himself taking the same pilgrimage when initially the trip was just to retrieve his son's body and to bring it home to the States. Sheehan's character joins up reluctantly at first with a a woman named Sarah from Canada, who at the end of the trek will quit smoking, and a Dutchman named Joost, who needs to lose weight to fit into his suit for an upcoming wedding. And I can recently relate to that challenge. So when referring to the word way, what exactly are we saying? It could mean a distance off or a period of time. We walked a long way yesterday. The holiday seems like it's a long way off. Or it could be a route, direction, or path. Can you find your way out of the building? Do you know the way to the restaurant? This is the meaning we're looking at today. In today's passage, there is so much we can reflect on. But for time's sake, I want to discuss God's very exact, specific, unique instruction to our search for the way of life and how it may stand in contrast to how culture may directly or indirectly influence our paths in life. In the passage, we find Jesus telling the apostles he is going to leave them to prepare a place where they can be with him. He further indicates that he will be coming back to get them. Jesus responds to Thomas's question, How can we know the way with a direct response? I in the way early on christians belonged to one denomination you could say they referred they were referred to as the people of the way who is the way jesus is in essence the people of the way are the people of jesus the phrase in the passage to come to the father people would equate to it with being with god in paradise to be with him in eternal security So how many people, past, present, and future, can come to the Father without Jesus? All? Many? Several? A few? Consider this. In terms of great, meaning famous or renowned in terms of an impact on many, either for good or bad, I suppose Jesus could be amongst others in certain multiple-choice questions. For example, circle one of the following people whom you consider to be great teachers in the ancient world. Jesus, Plato, Socrates, Aristotle, all of the above. Or circle the following you consider to be great philosophers in history. Jesus, Plato, Aristotle, Descartes, Confucius, Kant. The challenge sometimes is how a culture frames their approach to Jesus. Philosophically thinking in Western culture, typically is one of an either-or approach. It's either this or that. Whereas in many Eastern cultures, it's in terms of both and. It's both this and that. But in terms of reaching paradise, according to the Bible, it's not a case of various options on a multiple-choice question. Jesus is not one of many multiple choices for eternal hope. He himself clearly stated that to the Apostle Thomas. The Bible doesn't approach an option outside of its pages for alternate alternate paths. The non-biblical or the worldly cultural Jesus way is a dead end, figuratively and literally. As a popular 20th century apologist who who grew up in an Eastern culture once said, even in India, when you're crossing the street, it's either you or the bus, not both. Well then, just how many spiritual ways, paths are there? There are only two which are spoken of in Scripture. We find them throughout the Bible. Choose life or death. God's ways will provide what you need, else you will suffer ruin or destruction. Biblical directions focus on needs, not wants. I think it cannot be better illustrated than at the end of the Sermon of the Mount. Turn, if you can, to the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 7, verses 13 through 14. Jesus states, Enter by the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And there are many who go in, it, in by it, because narrow is the gate, and difficult is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Consider the number of those on the broadway and their destination, versus the number of those who enter the narrow way and their destination. I liken these passages to one of many wide highway toll plazas with many lanes, which have no toll gates and are heavily trafficked, with people flying through them without a care in the world. Why slow down and stop? There's no need to stop. For you can have your toll fees mailed to you or better yet you have an easy pass. The spiritual broadway which Jesus speaks of in the sermon of the mount has a type of spiritual easy pass associated with it and we have paid for it with our sins. The Bible in Romans 6:23 claims for the wages of sin is death and our wages have purchased our spiritual easy pass on the broadway of destruction probably at a point in our early life when we rebelled in a very subtle way only to compound the problem many times over across many years. But the narrow gate which Jesus speaks is difficult. People struggle to enter it, not because it's complicated, but because it's contrary to the world and its culture. The narrow entrance is, is, is simple, but not easy. A toll is paid at the entrance, one only Jesus could pay, a horrific payment. Many like to talk about God, but bring up the biblical Jesus into the discussion, and you've stepped on the third rail. You've grabbed a lightning rod. You've walked into the line of fire. Why? Because now there's only one of a kind standard being introduced, held by the carpenter. And nobody can hold to that standard. Jesus' standard is like a mirror we instinctively don't want to look at. The toll through the narrow gate is so costly, we can't afford to pay for its entrance on our own. It took the sacrifice of a sinless life to gain access through the narrow gate. Yet it is difficult because we need to stop going into the direction we're heading. Yield to a higher authority. Accept him for who he is and humble ourselves to admit what we are and the person we are not. Finally asking him to save us and accept the price paid for our souls. For it is written in the same passage in Romans 6.23, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nobody earns gifts, but we do earn wages. And there are only a few that find the gate to everlasting life, according to Jesus. Wouldn't you be insulted, upset, hurt if you gave someone a gift and they handed it back? A gift that only you can obtain and nobody else? They hand it back with a prideful attitude that they need to purchase it on their own. They need to earn it. But Bill you've been referring to the New Testament, Jesus. Well, in the Gospel of Luke, chapter 24, we find two of Jesus' disciples have left Jerusalem crushed and disheartened over the fact that they have perceived a great loss and what they believe to be a decisive victory over Jesus by the Roman and Jewish authorities. Unaware to them that this is the resurrected Jesus, who was walking alongside them in that type of a Q&A engagement, Jesus finally reveals the truth about Messiah and his purpose in the Scriptures. In verse 27 we read, And beginning at Moses and all the prophets, he, Jesus, expounded to them in all the Scriptures the things concerning himself. These Scriptures which Jesus points to do not include the New Testament. When it comes to Jesus, it's not just a New Testament thing. It's a whole Bible thing. From the beginning of Genesis to the end of Revelation. Jesus not only claimed he was the way, but he also claimed to be truth and life. The apostles in Acts 13, verse 3, are no longer timid, cowardly, deniers in the absence of Jesus. We read, Now when they the religious rulers of the people and elders, saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, common men. They were astonished, and they recognized that they had been with Jesus. Being with Jesus was more than just an occasional holy huddle or a one-and-done pilgrimage. It was a committed daily walk with him, one that allowed them to know him since the apostles knew Jesus intimately, they could trust in the claim of him being truth and life, regardless of the consequences. Pastor Tim last week spoke, spoke from Psalm 91:14 of having confidence in God to shelter his people. He is the supreme provider and refuge. In Psalm 9, verse 10, the psalmist claims. And those who know your name put their trust in you. For you, O Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. Are we going to be like Alice and take the advice from somebody like the Sheshire cat who slips in and out of of place with a smile which leaves you very suspicious? Just like people who don't know Jesus are self-serving and really don't have our best interests in mind. Yet in the absence of a biblical foundation, their counsel may sound wise because it satisfies our wants. Or are you a person who picks themselves up by their own bootstraps and does it their way, leaving their mark in life to see all what the world has to offer? As the song states, I traveled each and every highway, and more, much more than this, I did it my way. Well tragically, you've set out in life like the couple in the fastball song, with little consideration of the consequences, the, the consequences the direction may bring you, never thinking a deep assessment of the pursuits you go after. Yet in the book of Proverbs chapter 4 verse 12 warns us that in those three scenarios, those three approaches in life, we take in life. There is a way that seems right to a man, but its end is this way of death. Or maybe you need to continue in social activities that leave people in a stupor, whether physically, emotionally, or spiritually, with no direction home. Proverbs twenty nineteen through 21 warns us, Hear, my son, and be wise and direct your heart in the way. Be not among drunkards or among gluttonous eaters of meat, for the drunkard and the glutton will come to poverty, and slumber with clothes, with clothes that will, will in slumber will clothe them with rags. Ignoring God's warning, we risk us we risk our sensitivities to those the proverb speaks of, allowing them to show us the way home. Or could it be that you're on a religious quest at open door that would mimic Sarah in the movie, The Way, who smokes her way to the end of the pilgrimage with no intention to quit, or Yost, who wines and dines through Spain without losing an ounce of weight, justifying in the end that he could use a new suit. Great intentions, but no desires to change. From taking counsel from, taking counsel from the Cheshire Cat's in life, to walking a religious quest with no ability to change, my way, my way, Bill's way, was just like those scenarios throughout many phases of my life. If Jesus and Thomas were in the 20th century, Maine, USA, it could be very well possible Thomas would hear Jesus say, Thomas, you can't get there from here without me. Would our family, friends, and acquaintances accuse us of being sensitive to the culture of this world based upon our appetites? In literature we read, music we listen to, movies we watch, or the conversations we have. Or would they say we are different because we have a sensitivity to the culture of the kingdom, to Jesus' culture? Lastly, Those of us who grew up in the city, Michael, as kids, we would yell at drivers who were driving down the wrong way on a one-way street without fearing any reprisals. And as we grew a little older, we would even be emboldened to step out and take a risk to wave a car down going the wrong way down a one-way street. And yet, these drivers were almost always strangers to us. Yet today as adults, we see many family members, relatives, loved ones, co-workers, neighbors, and acquaintances moving along the broad way of destruction, which Jesus speaks of without giving them even a whispering warning, you're going the wrong way. Could it be a matter of trusting, complete trusting in the carpenter from Nazareth? In which direction are you heading into? What is the way you have chosen? In Psalm 9.10, it states, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. And in Proverbs 3, we read about the value of wisdom. Where verse 17, we read, Hear her ways of pleasantness, and all her paths are peace, her being wisdom. Also in Psalm 32 8, we read, I will instruct you and teach you in the way you should go. Earlier this summer, Pastor Robinson preached from Psalm 1, which Sam read this morning. And in verse 1, as you remember, we just read, Blessed is the man who walks in the counsel of the wicked. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the wicked, nor stands in the way of sinners requiring avoiding people who mock Jesus, who want nothing to do with the biblical Jesus. The question of Jesus being the way is a matter of being true or false. If your position is false, that he is not the only way, reason would demand that something or someone to be superior to the biblical Jesus. Otherwise, your choice would be illogical. As for me, I am grateful that 23 years ago, someone was courageous and bold enough to stand in the gap and warn me, Bill, you're going the wrong way. And showed me why. Because back then, I knew of Jesus, but I did not know him. Not knowing him personally enough to realize he is the way, truth, and life.